You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. I'm Alex Chester, and with me as always, though further away geographically than he's been all month, is Wheels Wienerker. Wheels, how's it rolling? Uh, I'm very jet-lagged. I came back from a month vacation, and uh, this is really like zero with world problems, but like a month vacation, and my internet's out for four days, and I literally had to work at my neighbor's house all day. Um, and uh, truly one of the worst things that ever happened to me. But now and your I'm, neighbor uh, and your neighbor's yeah. not home because where is he? Oh, uh, he's uh, he's with the he's the coach of the Israel women's flag football team. <laughs> They're in Denmark or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's just me and his wife at home all day. It's 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 very awkward. yeah. It's phenomenal. Um, all right, so we're here to talk about a a brand new team, a team that has never existed before, at least in their current iteration, the Los Angeles Chargers. Number 20 on our power rankings. Um, they are uh, in a new stadium. They have new uniforms. They, they stole their uniforms from one team. Um, they're borrowing a stadium that has seats like what? Like 30,000 people or something? 30,000. Yeah, Almost all of Philip Rivers' family, I think. <laughs> and here to discuss the Los Angeles Chargers is a, he's been a fan of the team as long as they've existed. Uh, Barstool uh, Ken Jack. So Jack, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Good. In New York City today, it's almost about fall weather. It's like that first day where it's like sort of low 60s and everything. So you kind of get like, you know, the juices start flowing for football. So now I'm like actually super paying attention to every single roster move that's ever made as opposed to summer where I'm just like, I don't want to do anything except sit in AC and and like melt. Well, so let's start with that. You're in New York. Uh, I'm in New York also. Um, You are. uh, How are you a Chargers fan? And does the move from San Diego to L.A. affect your Chargers fandom in any way? Yeah, so I was born on Long Island, and my entire life, my family was never really, they didn't hold any real sports loyalty towards anything except the Yankees, um, and they, since I was kind of growing up in the generation where you, there's no way you're not going to be able to get all the content from every single team, they were like, just watch whoever you like, like whoever you enjoy, like enjoy that team, you don't have to like the Giants or the Jets or, uh, I don't even really count the Bills, but the Bills, just because they're geographically closer. So for me, uh, growing up, it was right when LT really got in his stride was when I started uh, watching football. So I just kind of clung to him, and it's been essentially constant misery ever since. And uh, so when they made the big move from San Diego to L.A., it didn't really affect my fandom in a crazy amount. I Personally, I do not like L.A. 
at all. Like the culture, I don't like the heat, I don't like the traffic, I don't like just about anything about it. And all of that, it's like the antithesis of, of um, San Diego in just about every single way. But uh, for as like a remote fan, it doesn't make a huge amount of difference. Yeah, I mean, right, it's weird because one of the only teams we haven't done yet, and actually the only team we don't even have like a fan for is the LA Rams because a lot of their fans you know, basically did not make the move with them, right? The St. Louis people stayed loyal to St. Louis. But I, I, I and do... Last, and Akiva, and last yeah. year, we should mention, the Rams fan we had, who was the host, or is the host, maybe still is, of the official Los Angeles Rams podcast, we started asking him, and he's like, well, I'm actually a Bears fan. <laughs> I don't even remember <laughs> like, that. What? That's insane. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, what? So how are you a Rams fan? He's like, well, I live in L.A., so I'm a Rams fan also now. We're like... <laughs> and that is a very L.A. move, though. I don't remember that, yes. but it, it sounds like it's true. The yeah, I wanted to you know we we usually start by talking about the quarterback Jack, but I I think uh, there's not much new to be said about Philip Rivers and and Chester already made a, a a kid's joke, so that's I think his allotment for the podcast. <laughs> but I am super curious about uh, Anthony Lynn. I'm a Jets fan, so I'm pretty familiar with him. He was he was you know Rex's number one you know main like assistant basically for most of the time he was there. Uh, but I will say I'm super nervous about about Lynn because. I, I, I hate the coaches who are like overpromoted and were never offensive coordinators. And devil's advocate, you could say, I think that African-American coaches don't get the, the coordinator gigs maybe as often as they should. I don't I, I don't have any of the data in front of me, but it does seem like it's not uh, the, the first time this has happened. Right. And, and the the question would be more like, uh, you know, how come he was never a, a, a coordinator? But I am a, I'm a little concerned with Lynn. He came in talking about, like, running the football a lot, which is such a Rex move. All of his press conferences, he's just, like, repeating Rex Ryan stuff. So am I, am I way off, or, or are you a little bit nervous about Lynn? So everything I've read about Lynn so far, um, I try and look at it more from a player perspective because the way that they res- uh, respond to a new coach is usually a good barometer for how they're going to um, do throughout the season. Because like if they don't have chemistry with the coach and between coach and players, there's never really gonna you're not gonna have success at any level. And so far, every player, especially um, the most important, like the uh, what do you call it, skill positions, they've had nothing but good things to say about him. And the biggest thing is he's huge on accountability. Um, he had like this full list. I think I still had it, like an outline um, for his uh, for the set was at the seventy five man roster, which I liked. And he had is like a five point thing, which is does he know what he's doing? Is he consistent? Is he dependable? Is he in shape to finish a ball game? And does he have enough talent? And so that's what I kind of like about him compared to a lot of coaches, especially McCoy, where he's not going to legacy anybody in. He's not going to like let someone come in and stay because they're a big name. Like a, a good example of that um, is Orlando Franklin, who played like absolute dog shit for like, oh, we had a lot of curse on here. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I wasn't really paying attention before. But uh, he played like dog shit all year and they just kind of let him stay because he was a big name ex-Bronco. Like he had a really good, like solid career, but he was playing terrible forever but they just let him uh, stay as a starter when you had someone a little more dependable uh, like Wiggins in the wings um, so I so far but then, but then what about the fact that like he says that Philip Rivers and Antonio Gates couldn't go see their close buddy get put into the Hall of Fame I mean that seems like like bullshit hard ass like fake NFL coach you know cliche yeah so I read into that too and apparently um, part of it was like he spoke to both of them about it and they're like do you really like do you want to go or do you want to be here for this like it's really up to you i'm not going to like force you to stay and uh, go to practice and like from all outward appearances which obviously that's that's not like guaranteed what actually happened but um what rivers said is like he's like yeah it was my decision like uh, lynn prompted it to me that i could skip the practice and go if i want it would be on me and that i wouldn't be disciplined or anything but like i chose to stay and like run through the last of the it wasn't the end of OTAs. It was like the end of uh, training camp, or towards the middle of the start of training camp. 
Um, so I, I don't think it was uh, something where he gave them like a. It's like you're gonna be like in the shit house if you don't if you go to this. So I, I mean, I'm okay with that. And what are they gonna do? Like bench Philip Rivers? Like I'm not. You know, he shouldn't be too nervous. Yeah, um, and I don't. I don't see him getting benched for Cardell Jones or motherfucking Collins ever anytime soon. Well, you, Kellen Clemens isn't isn't back up on the Chargers anymore. I think he's somewhere. Yeah, Kellen Clemens is the main backup right now. He's battling oh, yes. with Cardell. We we have a th- I have a theory that I've said a bunch of times on this podcast. Um, but like the bad backup QBs who for whatever reason get lucky and they're behind a quarterback who never gets hurt, such as Philip Rivers, who's played every game for eleven straight years. Uh, like, Kellen Clemens would have been out of the league eight years ago if he just played a little bit more, because you'd see how much he sucks. But since, yeah. since since he never plays, there's no reason to, like, upgrade on the backup, because you assume, A, that you're not going to use him, and B, like, he might be good, because you haven't seen him suck. But, like, I saw him the one year, I think, 07, where he was our main QB for the Jets. And, oh, uh, yeah. He was, you know, as bad as Brooks Bollinger was that year. He's a, oh, yeah, he was very <laughs> awful. I think he, I saw his, I looked at his career ratio the other day. Was he, I think he has, like, 16 career touchdowns, 20 career interceptions, and he's been yeah. playing since, like, 2005. Like, how yeah. is it even possible? He's almost yeah. like a David Carr, except David Carr, I thought, was a more serviceable back, backup than um, he at Clemens ever was. It's weird because I, I actually think, like, the Chargers are one of the few teams that, and I don't know much about the owner's politics, but, like, maybe would, would you know, even consider Kaepernick. And certainly L.A. Yeah. is one of the better markets to do it in. I, it, it would be hard to argue, and we've said this many times, it would be hard to argue that Kellen Clemens is better, like, at football than Colin Kaepernick. Oh, he's not. And actually, uh, <laughs> he and some of my Chargers stands on, I have, like, very, there's very few Chargers fans on Twitter, believe it or not. Is there a Chargers Twitter? Are you, like, involved in Chargers Twitter? We should, it's, we, it's, we, didn't, we mentioned your Twitter, but we should mention, like, uh, that, that Ken is, like, one of the funniest guys on Twitter. That's where I found him, that you're, you're really funny on Twitter. But I'm, I wouldn't be shocked if, the, if, if, like, Mets Twitter is, it feels like it's 5 million people. I wouldn't be shocked if you told me Chargers Twitter was, like, 13 people. It's like, like I think I grand total it is five people that I know that like I am in communication with and we have a consistent tweet basis. And um, I think the other day we were tweeting somebody who said like they very earnestly believed that Colin Kaepernick was nowhere like not in the same stratosphere as uh, Colin Clements. And like it that to me like blows my mind. And I agree I hope with you, you that. Them. Yeah, I was like, th- there's like, there's no feasible way you can look at both of their stats and say like, oh yeah, actually, Colin Clemens is better. Like, there's no way you can like objectively look at it in any other way other than I don't want his protesting stuff. Like, he's like, and I agree with you. L.A. would definitely be the market to do it. Um, Midwest teams might be a little less receptive. It's not, but, it's like, not even like the liberal attitude. It's the, it would be the indifference to the that, team. Like, yeah, nobody exactly. cares about the Chargers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The people in L.A. don't give a shit. And like, even if they did, like, if they were really into the Chargers, which they're not, they would. They, I mean, I don't think they would have a problem with it anyway and i no, agree it actually like, might bring a few fans it's the only, maybe the only place where they could actually like fill the stadium because of it possibly yeah well, and filling is, the stadium's not very hard but no yeah true. filling thirty thousand seats you know the, and then since i think the nfl merger whatever that was like 76 or something 1970, yeah yes yeah, 1970 um i think the minimum amount of seats you were allowed to have is fifty thousand, and StubHub uh-huh. center has 30k like that is so bad and they still can't fill the stadium i know it's preseason and even in my, i've been tweeting it myself that like no one should really give a shit but like it's thirty thousand seats it shouldn't be crazy hard to sell out uh, the san diego to la drive which i've actually done is um it's a good drive to do once i don't think you do it like eight times for season tickets though so if there was like a you know a particularly interesting opponent or a big game i could see like a lot of the old fans coming up if they haven't written off the team but to do that eight times i feel like is, is brutal 
Oh, there's no chance. And I don't know if you saw that they put out that video the other day um, with the they were offering free tattoos, like free Chargers tattoos. Uh, oh man, <laughs> that's like that's like like single A minor league baseball stuff. <laughs> the best thing is, is that they they interviewed all the people that were going to the LA tattoo artist to get the Chargers tattoos, and they're like, oh yeah, so like where are you from? Where are you from? And they're like, yeah, I'm from San Diego. Yeah, I'm from Mission Beach. Yeah, I'm from this like the gas lamp. Like they were all from San Diego. They just went there because they wanted a free tattoo. Like none of them are LA fans that converted to being a Chargers fan. Have you ever been to a Chargers home game? Uh, not a home game. I've been to plenty of away though. <laughs> Actually, I think Chargers that- at Jets basically. Like people just throwing tickets at you. Yeah, the best was uh the last one I like, uh I think the actually the last game I went to was Chargers uh the Chargers Jets and Meadowlands and it was I think we won like we sacked what the hell is his name the guy the Alabama quarterback that the uh, the Jets had for uh, like not AJ McCarron but um I'm, yeah, I'm blanking his name and I should definitely know it yeah he was like behind the depth chart on Tebow uh behind Sanchez and somehow he started ahead of Tebow fuck Mick McElroy Greg McElroy yeah, Greg McElroy yeah he's like he's like a chemist now or something. Yeah, so Greg Greg McElroy st- started the game and we sacked him eleven and a half times. It, and was, crazy. it was like it was crazy. half a sack it, away it from the sack record. By the end of the game. It was insane. Yeah. I, I I don't believe it was at that game, but I definitely saw it. And yeah, it was it was the Jets offensive line was like not NFL level, and you guys were were like in his in his face. Well, that was crazy. Yeah, it was hilarious. We had a punt return touchdown, and then Antonio Gates tied um, Lance Allworth for like the uh, Chargers touchdown record. It was great day for me. And then like every, of course, literally no one, none of my friends from home are Chargers fans, so they are all Jets fans, just absolutely miserable. That is an annoying thing. I'm a San Antonio Spurs fan, and uh, like you, I'm from <laughs> New York. And the Spurs won their first title in 1999, oddly against the Knicks, the team all my friends rooted for. And I just like gave myself a high five and like went and like you know went to sleep or something like there's nothing to do when you don't have any friends who are i still don't have any friends who are spurs fans i'm not really on spurs twitter like all the spurs beat writers are trash and like the it, it's weird like being a fan of a team but it's like a very isolating experience so you probably have that too right like at, like certainly when you're in school or anything it wasn't like you there were people you could talk chargers with yeah so that's it, the one very good thing about now compared to then is social media so yeah. whenever we have a big win that is the one outlet i have is i can go and brag to like brag to the, the moon for yeah, the other for my other four Chargers fans, it's like me. Like, do you ever see that vine of like the guy playing like the radio to like the three people underneath the balcony? That's like me just sitting there with like my four Chargers fans, just like, oh hell yeah, Philip Rivers just got like a thirteen yard conversion uh, to Keenan Allen, and like other people are like, I don't even know what that is. You like, want Chargers Reddit and like uh, write a, like a fired up post? They might dude, I can't even one. do. <laughs> they do have Chargers Reddit, and it's an absolute shithole. It's just very oh, yeah. very angry San Diegans just like venting about everything. The Jets one is, like, very young people. Like, I would like to, you know, I would have... It it seems like it would be a good resource, but it's, like, people who are, like, 21 and younger and, like, not really huge fans also. (laughs) Yeah, that's... Yeah, Chargers Reddit is just, like, kind of, like, a shithole. Much like, uh, uh, what do you call it? I'm thinking, like, general. Yeah, Reddit in general. That's not... That's, like, an evergreen statement. It's, like, blank Reddit is a shithole. All right, so let's talk for a second about the uh, Chargers draft this offseason. Superfan Robbie, our college football expert... He, uh, he really likes what the Chargers did in the draft. He thinks Mike Williams is the best receiver in the draft. He likes uh, both guards that you guys got. He likes Desmond King in the fifth round. He thinks that was a steal. He likes uh, Rayshon Jenkins also. So w- what are your thoughts about the, uh, the Chargers inaugural draft since moving to L.A.? Uh, so Mike Williams, I have like a sort of, um, I don't want to, you want to call it like a symptom effect with Mike, with Mike Williams, where like I, every single Mike Williams that is a receiver in the NFL has sucked. They've yeah. always been drafted high and they've third always time been the charm, though. Yeah. Third time was obviously the charm when like his back fell into shambles. So, <laughs> right. 
So, um, uh, but most of the other drafts so far I've liked. Obviously, Forrest Lamp kind of sucked. Uh, tearing ACL really that early into camp, especially, really sucks. Um, but so far, Desmond King has been so good in both not even just like regular workouts, but in preseason and regular game action, he's been like outstanding. And I'm really hoping he's probably going to end up, or like at least he should, getting the spot over Trevor Williams at a right cornerback. Although I don't think he's going to end up getting it because he's. Uh, I think they classify him right now as like a like kind of roaming free safety. But I would hope that they were able to convert him into that because tra- because uh, what do you call it? Trevor Williams kind of sucks. But he has been so good. He I think he has three picks on the preseason so far, and like one of them was crazy athletic and returned it for a decent amount of yards. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I still am very frustrated with Mike Williams, especially because I remember seeing, um, like hearing rumblings that they were going to go for him. And I'm like, there's no real need. Uh, Keenan is so good. We, and plus, yeah, but Keenan has yet to play a full season. So <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's, I understand if he, like if they have like injury concerns or whatever, but we still have Tyrell Williams, who was a thousand yard receiver last year. Travis Benjamin's really good. Even some of the younger guys like Burst were like at least serviceable during the, right, plus uh, you have two competent tight ends. Most, most teams don't have one. Yeah, exactly. So Hunter Henry is like insanely good. Like people are kind of underrating him a lot. I think, um, yeah, I had him in fantasy last year as like a uh, uh, sort of like a in between like filler option. I'm like, holy shit, he's kind of like the fifth best tight end in fantasy. And then um, I realized, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Yeah, and then still AT, who's still evergreenly amazing. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, who else I really had. Negative thoughts. I'm not really so. Dan Feeney, I think, is going to get a lot of action too, because uh, our offensive line, as always, consistently breaks down into pieces. Um, so I imagine him getting a little playing time. Rayshon Jenkins, I know, will probably get playing time because Jaleel Adai concusses himself into like oblivion every other play. I don't know if you've. I'll, I'll send you guys the clip later, but like, there's one. I forget what game it was last year. I think like the third game of the season, he ran into like uh, a dog pile and literally concussed himself like like in, almost into the hospital. Like he got up out of the pile and like stumbled off his feet and like fell on the ground. It was so bad. <laughs> and um, I, th- I, th- I remember the like, seventh round pick I liked a lot. Um, uh, Isaac something, but uh, the, the guy from Notre Dame. But he was pretty good too. Um, but I think our draft is pretty good, except for like the very glaring terrible injuries. You talked about the offensive line. Uh, Russell Okun, is he the new left tackle? Yeah, so he's going to be starting a left tackle. Matt Slauson got moved from center to uh, left guard, which is awesome because he, uh, even though he was a good center, uh, I feel like it's better to have an actual career center over a converted guard. Um, then Kenny Wiggins will be at right guard, and Joe Barksdale, who was probably our most consistent and best um, tackle last year. Or, uh, yeah, tackle last year. Um, he's going to be staying, so thank God. And so other than Bosa, who, you know, who at this point, you know, maybe you know, I, I feel like by the end of the year, you might start seeing Bosa in commercials. I feel like he's on that sort of trajectory, right? That he's, uh, you know, may become a big star in the league this year. Other than Bosa, how does the defense look? The, to me, in particular, the secondary looks a little bit uh, like, you know, it would make me a little bit nervous. Yeah, so the secondary is definitely way improved. Um, I think finally Brandon Flowers retired, uh, so they replaced him. With um, Trevor Williams, who should be solid. Casey Hayward was amazingly good last year. Like I think he had seven picks, and um, I used to. I think I had a stat in front of me earlier, but uh, twenty passes defended, which isn't like really, really good for somebody who was kind of supposed to be like a nickel corner um, that got forced into a cornerback one. So he's uh, their secondary has definitely improved. If Jaleel Dye stays healthy, he'll be amazing. Dwight Lowry kind of sucks too, but he uh, they have more depth behind him. With Trey Boston, who they got from Carolina. Um, the, the I think our biggest so far gaping hole, like 
pretty much literally is our linebacking core, which kind of sucks. And I project, like, if I had to put like, my, my guess on, like, what's going to be our biggest downfall, it's going to be our run defense. Because uh, I think our starting linebacking crew is going to be Melvin Ingram, who's amazing. Uh, not incredible at stopping the run, but such a great pass rusher. And him and Bosa as a, as a two-man uh, uh, tandem on pass rush is going to be, I think... If they're both healthy this year, probably like the top in the top three, if not maybe the best like t- uh, rushing tandem in the league, um, and that's like my biggest hot take for the Chargers. By the way, so you already have it out of the way. Uh, um, and then they're going to probably start Kyle Emanuel in the middle um, with Denzel Perriman. Who got, or, sorry, Denzel Perriman actually broke, he, like shattered his ankle in game one of preseason, so he's going to be replaced with Corey Toomer, who was also very good last year in replacement. Um, and then they're going to have Jatavis Brown at right tackle or at right tackle at right guard. Um, uh, right line, right side linebacker who was also really really good in replacement last year. Um, but they're all pretty glaringly bad at uh, run defense, so that's going to be a little bit rough, I think, this year. But our front line should be solid too because Brennan Meebane uh, was really good last year. Bose is obviously great. Corey Legit does not merit his contract, but is still amazing at both pass rushing and run defense. So ho- hopefully, um, kind of works out on defensive end. Definitely much improved from last year. Uh, can I ask about the departure of Danny Woodhead, who one could almost argue was a, uh, in a sense, almost a, a former colleague of yours? Yes, he was like really the heart and soul of the team. Just, uh, I, I loved him so much, and like, it's, uh, they, I don't know unironically, like, seriously, like, did. very, very unironically loved Danny Woodhead. Not in like the PFT sense where it's like an obsession, yeah. but like I was very, I was in love with him. He was such a great, just a great man. And um, he, our running back core, like they're all super tight. Um, so him, Brennan Oliver, and uh, uh, what do you call it? Am I blanking on our Melvin, <laughs> Melvin Gordon? Gordon. Uh, Melvin Gordon. Um, they're all really tight together. I know Oliver and Woodhead used to go over each other's house all the time, and like hang, their families would hang out and stuff. Uh, so I feel like that was I was almost more sad about that. Like their families got like separated in like this big catastrophic event of sending him to the shit Ravens. <laughs> I mean, I, I do Our think choice. like he's gonna he, he will uh, the, the Ravens right now are looking like one of those teams that might be just like headed on a freight train towards disaster this year. So that may Woodhead may really and that's like also an absurd player to have on a team that maybe is rebuilding. Danny Woodhead. Yeah, exactly. He's not even like a real good filler player, and I don't know how often I've ever seen uh, Flacco do like a checkdown play or even like running back screens that often or anything. So right, and that's like the worst his... team for him. And yeah, like right? right now, I think he's essentially the starter. It might be a, that that team is a mess. I think. Yeah, I forget. I forget who their starting running back was, but he went down, right? So now Terrence it's like, West. yeah, yeah. So now it's a bad. Wait, what happened to Terrence West? I have him in fantasy. I don't remember. I just remember he got like some catastrophic injury. Oh man, I better figure things out before the season starts. Um. All right, Jack. So let, we we do uh, something. This thing sometimes where we go uh, game by game and we ask you for a W or an L. So let's do. Wait, the Chargers. you're not forcing him to do the roster game. Uh, no, I think let's do the schedule game. I'm more. I'm okay, actually good. The first podcast without your shitty game. I'm, I'm ecstatic. We could do it. We could do it at the end if you no, want. Oh, I should have opened my mouth. All right. People love the roster game. It's America's favorite recurring segment. Um. All right. So Jack, they start at Denver. They have that annoying 10:20 Monday night game, which used to be like Mike and Mike or some or Chris Berman, but now I think this year is Rex Mike Ryan. Mike had it each of the last two weeks. It's a really bad time to play. Yeah, I, that's a Rex Ryan game this year. That's like you, you're really gonna have to watch on mute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, first game of season was at 7.20. It's uh, Pacific time, 7.20, which is yeah. pretty cool for anybody there. Not me. but uh, Yeah, but it's still like the whole like the whole week one, you have to wait, wait, wait for your team. Even the regular Monday night game, you have to wait. Then there's like this extra Monday night game like added on afterwards. 
Yeah, exactly. And for me, it's going to be especially bad because I'm going to be up until like 1 a.m. watching us probably. Uh, my guess, this is my guess, is probably a loss for first game. Um, probably lose and then be at work just like both angry and very tired. Oh, very tired. I mean, the game might not be, an, uh, might not be over till 2. A Monday night game that starts at 1020. And, and yeah, then exactly. push it back the first game runs late. Um, then you have a, this is a weird schedule. You guys have three straight home games right after the, the road, road opener. He short loves week. obsessing over this, even though every team has this every year. It's like three teams a year. But that is weird. That weeks two, three, and four to have like a three-game home Yeah, stretch. so luckily, I think we have the third toughest NFL schedule this year. I think our combined uh, opponents win, uh, win percent from last year is like 57% or something, which kind of really play sucks. Both, right? You play the AFC East and the NFC East, which is not just hard, but also means a ridiculous amount of travel for, for an L.A. team. Yeah, and like the very one thing we have going for us ahead of some of the other teams is that we're playing four straight home games, which is extremely favorable. Um, but other than that, it's right after that, it's like a lot of travel into a lot of very hard teams. Like right, I think right after the home stretch, yeah, right after the home stretch, it's Raiders, Broncos, Patriots, which is like not something it's that a giant really call Raiders, ideal. Patriots, which is even crazier at Giants <laughs> at Raiders. It's a crazy yeah. stretch. You're right. All right, so let's let's do it quickly. All right, three home games: hosting Miami, hosting KC, hosting Philly. Wins or losses. Okay, I think beat Miami, I think beat Chiefs, I think beat Eagles. I it again a lot of this is going to depend on health how healthy the team is. Chiefs I would put like it's the most up in the air. Dolphins I have no question. Chiefs is like I'm like 51 to 49 that will win and then Eagles I'm like a solid like 60 40 that we're going to win. I feel, I never I always count the Eagles out at any given point in time. Yeah, we're pretty split on the Eagles. I'm not I'm not so sure. Some people are super high on them. Also, we've uh, we you know some of our pools people have been really uh, really high on the Eagles. All right, so you three and one that would be a crazy uh, like a crazy three game homestead. You might actually have like a full house by the end of that in San Diego, in L.A. Yeah, I think if we win three games, we might actually be able to get like maybe ten fans off, away from like the Raiders. What's crazy also with with that same I was thinking is like if they struggle and they're like at eighteen thousand a game. There is a minor league soccer team in Cincinnati that's not even in the main American minor league. They're in like the third. I forget what it's called, like the A League or NASL. I forget. I think NASL. They're in the third division, and they average like over twenty thousand fans a game. So the yeah, Chargers have be. a chance to be less popular than a third division American soccer team in Cincinnati. All I can say is it must be great having an owner that actually understands their market. Um, the uh, so you go to you go to. By the way, that the awful story this week. Did you read anything more about this? That they trainer like, their equi- the equipment manager yeah. moved them up, and that's like a big deal. I remember from watching from the Rams on Hard Knocks last year. That's yeah. like you know that's like a, a crazy job. You know, like you didn't even think about how much they have to move. It's moving like a whole you know uh, like complex from you know across the country, and then the second they get there, they fire him. That's that's I feel like that's really bad karma. You guys should go like two and fourteen for that. <laughs> yeah, so like uh, a lot of people were bringing this up to me all week, and like I'm still kind of waiting for more information because they didn't even like whenever somebody that's like that long tenured gets like fired or quits yeah. or anything, mm-hmm. they'll put out a tweet or something and be like, like thank you so much for X Y Z. They've been on this team for yeah. this so long. Thank you so like we appreciate everything you've done for us. They didn't say anything about him, which yeah, like interesting. It, I think it's what I've been saying to everyone is I think it's a 99% chance that it's just the Spanos as being shitheads, which they always uh-huh. and perpetually are, or it's like a 1% chance that he did something fucked up and like they're just oh, yeah. trying like to keep it. Like an Eli Manning type thing. thing. Yeah, like they're trying well, to keep maybe it as. Maybe like Eli Manning has some like Chargers jerseys from when he was drafted by them for one second. <laughs> and then, like, uh, they sort of, they sort of like colluded on faking merchandise and selling that. Is that possible? That's very. I mean, obviously, Eli is known as a degenerate criminal. So who knows? Maybe him and the trainer. Right. I hear what you're saying. And also, sometimes, uh, you know, like, 
uh, unfortunately, like, I think he was an older man, and it's probably a hard job. Like, it is possible, like, he's just no longer, you know what I mean? Like, he's just not good enough to do the job anymore, which is, like, sad, but true yeah. a lot of times for people in their late 70s. I'm, like, but, waiting uh, for, like, the insider story on it. Like, I want to see, like, right. at least, like, one follow-up on week one. Like, actually, he, like, murdered a hobo on the way to L.A., and <laughs> like, you shouldn't feel bad for him. He's actually the one that was jerking off, and but like the security guy, but like behind that oh, one that's game right. at the end zone, and <laughs> with the cheerleaders. I thought that was like, uh, didn't they catch that guy? Yeah, I think they. I think he got he got they, fired. I don't remember if he got prosecuted, which he probably I think they caught that guy, but they didn't say his name, which is almost like win win. Like that, you know, like he lost that job, which but he that's like to keep your name out of the paper there. That's like a miracle. Yeah, seriously. Um, what do we have next? Uh, okay, so, so you go to the Giants and then to the Raiders. Uh, to the Giants, I think it. I want to see more of... You have to go to that game, by the way. Yeah, no, I've been thinking about it. I don't have as many Giants fans friends as I do Jets fans friends. It's like a very... But also you have a lot of Twitter followers. Literally, if you put out like, hey, who wants to take me to the Chargers at Giants game? There's a chance (laughs) someone might say yes. There's a very high chance. Yeah, I think I'll see more towards the season. Or I could get corporate tickets, thank God. Uh, But yeah, I'll take a look at more of that later. But I think... um, Probably, I want to see how their offense plays out. Be just because, like you know, obviously having Marshall and ODB on the same team is kind of amazing. But uh, Eli, I will always not count. I will always underestimate Eli as long as I live. So I will put that as a W, just because their defense is bad. Wow! So four straight wins, and then you go to Oakland. Uh, yeah, that I'll see as a loss. <laughs> that I will very I will concede as a loss. The Oakland's defense is so good this year and upgraded, and um, their offense is just as good as last year. And they've proven that they can pick us apart. I think the one battle that is going to prove to be very good through the years is going to be Jason Verrett versus uh, Cooper. So I mean, I, I want to. I can't wait to see that game. I still think they're going to lose though. Four and two, and then you host the Broncos. I am very low on the Broncos this year, but I think that they will probably take that from us too. Uh, and then so four and three, you're reeling, and then you go to New England right before the bye. Yeah, loss. I'm not even going to try and tuck myself into a win with that at any point. Four I don't four. care if they have no Edelman. <laughs> four and four, but the schedule does open up after the bye, and you know everyone knows if you give Anthony two, Anthony Lynn two weeks to prepare, you're basically screwed as the other team. So yes, you go exactly. To Jacksonville That's, off the bye. Yes, well, it's a well-known fact. You give Anthony Lynn time, and you will pay. Uh, so yeah, they go to Jacksonville and they win. No question, I think. So f- five and four, and then you host the Bills. Uh, I think a win versus the Bills. I don't. I think they're still reeling and trying to rebuild a little more. Now you have a Thanksgiving game. I've I've only as a Jet fan, we've only played on Thanksgiving once in my lifetime, and we lost thirty four seven. It was I believe it was <laughs> like the, I believe it was the Kellen Clemens year, and Kellen Clemens wasn't that the butt fumble game? game. No, the butt fumble game was. Oh, you're right. The the butt fumble game was a. I don't consider those the Thanksgiving games. It was the Thursday night. Yeah, the uh, late game. night. It yeah. wasn't the Dallas. It wasn't the Dallas or Detroit game. Oh, you only you count correct. the Cowboys and the Lions games. You, okay. I only count the Cowboys and Lions. I'm an, I'm old school. Um, but you're right. That was that was Thanksgiving night, uh, and the Jets will never be. You know, the Jets are lucky to get like, the, the Jets are banned from Thanksgiving permanently. Oh, Thanksgiving! They're lucky to get the one Thursday night game that each team practically. <laughs> yeah, the league hates them so much they, because they get blown out. They don't show up on any night at any night game. Um, so you go to Dallas. Do you like having the Thanksgiving game? You know what? I will never not want. Anyway, it's like tough if you have family over. That's kind of a rough spot. Yeah, I'm going to be with family probably watching them lose, uh, but I still like having national exposure in primetime games. I will never not want that because then I don't have to use NFL Game Pass or like sites that give my computer billions of viruses yeah. and steal my credit card information, I think. I still have that. I don't have that sorted out yet. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. First Tour Sports, shout out. Um, but yeah, oh, I, I got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so um, I think we'll probably lose that game, but I do really want to see it. Um, uh, kind of curious to see how Dak does this year, actually. That's another thing I'm kind of looking out for. 
So that you have that as lost six and five, then kind of another cushy home stretch where you have Cleveland and Washington at home. Do you guys sweep both of those? Yeah, I think winning both. Though uh, so I'm very uh, another team I'm kind of interested to see is how Deshaun Kaiser um, has like the helm with the Browns. Do you guys think he is going to get end up uh, getting replaced with the the Brockett ship at any point this year? <laughs> I mean that's bad. It's hard. The problem with starting the rookies, it's really hard yeah. to go from Kaiser to back to back to Osweiler. It's much easier to go from like Smith to Mahomes, or you know, like say Savage to Watson if that's what they do. Like it's hard yeah. to to bench the rookies, especially Kaiser, whose like opinion of himself is through the moon. Yeah, um, I was never a big Kaiser guy in college, so you know, I, I certainly could be wrong. But uh, I was just thinking today about Madden '99 and how uh, Ryan Leaf was higher in Madden '99 than Peyton Manning, and I was oh like, "Yep, God. that makes sense." So, so don't ask me about rookie quarterbacks, but he was Leaf was an eighty, Peyton Manning was a seventy-eight, and Tony uh, Tony Brackens, Chester, do you remember Tony Brackens? Yeah, he had defensive end for the Jaguars made like one Pro Bowl was a hundred. The only hundreds in Madden '99 were Jerry Rice and Tony Brackens. <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't know how Brackens got. It doesn't make any though. sense. Like he must have literally paid off. Like now all these guys interact with like the NBA 2K or like the Madden. Yeah. I'm not a video game, but I've seen it on Twitter. Like. Back yeah, then, like, like he must have been the only guy who was, like, friends with him. And I think Tony Baselli, another Jags lineman, was, was maybe the third hundred. And, and the Rice hundred at that point, 99, was, like, a pity hundred because he was, you know, Jerry Rice. Well, he dragged that Raiders team to the Super Bowl two years later. Yeah, no, he was good, but he wasn't hundred anymore. Yeah. And I think Barry Sanders yeah. was a 99. Uh, all right, that's been uh, Mad 99 talk for the week. Um, <laughs> all right, so you're 8-5, you're and five, and then, so this is, a, a, like, a super must-win game. Saturday night, NFL Network in KC. That could be a big game. I will absolutely never have respect for the Chiefs at any single point. I don't give a shit about Andy Reid. I don't give a shit about Alex Smith. Or if they start Mahomes, I will absolutely guarantee this. Be. That's my Mahomes. personal. It's already the right. <laughs> yeah, that's my lock of the year. Is we will win Week 15 versus the Chiefs. Oh, wow. wow, that's a big deal because you're nine and five, and then you play the Jets. Who at that point, that's Hackenberg time. You, you're really <laughs> yeah. the schedule really light, lights up for you. You, you think know, that's Cousins Hackenberg? Could be like half out of Washington by December. You got Cleveland in December. They might not be like a franchise anymore. It's crazy. December really opens up if you get past that crazy schedule in October. Do you guys think it's going to be Petty or it's going to be Hackenberg at that point, week 16? Well, Petty might not play. Petty, Petty looked great, but then he got um, – and he had, Chester's a Vikings fan. Uh, I'm the Jets fan. But the, the, um, Petty might be out for the year. Like, he had a really bad injury uh, in the last preseason game. He, oh, he was shit. playing really well. Um, I, 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 Hackenberg I, – I, when Hackenberg got drafted, I said, like – he's and I wasn't like – it wasn't like I was sitting watching Penn State games every week, but – like you see his stats and they're like not they're like they're atrocious in the Big Ten and like if you can't beat Minnesota you probably can't beat like the Minnesota Vikings uh, yeah. and it doesn't it, like so I I thought Hackenberg and Pro Football Focus said Hackenberg shouldn't have been drafted so again like the fact that they pick him in the second round doesn't mean like he should even get a chance in my mind like had Petty not got hurt I would have and the beat writers have agreed with this I I think Hackenberg would not have deserved to make the roster. I think that the GMs like to put their own guys on, and, and the, Mets, the, the Jets GM, excuse me, uh, McCagnan, has only cut one of his drafted players yet so far. So I think he'll for sure make it. But based on what he's done, he has no business making an NFL roster. I, I just remember that year when they were showing, like, yeah, this is Christian Hackenberg. Watch his best plays. And, like, they were very, like, they were, like, dinking yeah. ducks, like, 10-yard yeah. like, passes. And I'm like, yeah, like, everyone else in well, the draft. the Jets was, offense, dinking and dunking to Matt Forte and Bilal Powell. That's, like, the best yeah. the Jets could hope for this year. And like I was, I was, You've literally never heard of one of their receivers, like, you know. And, and yeah, that's watch. true. And I just remember watching, and, like, they didn't have a pass that was over, like, 25, like, an, or anything over a 25-yard completion. No, there's and I'm no like, hope. There is no reason to expect Hackenberg to even be competent. Um, if Hackenberg plays, there's going to be a lot of, like, 11 for 32 for 127 yards and three interceptions. And yeah. I, I hope he plays because then, like, we don't have to worry about him wasting a roster spot next year. But 
I, the, the chance I've never seen a quarterback in my life who has less of a chance of being competent. Like, there's no skill that like if he just improves a little bit, he'll be good. Like he he looks like he just learned to play football two weeks ago. Oh wait, and he's just he's just so ugly. His face is so fleshy and like <laughs> yeah, red all the I don't time. Think you respect a guy like that, right? If you're like even the offensive linemen, a lot of times they're like ugly guys, right? Like I feel like they they're too yeah. looking for Hackenberg. Yeah, exactly. So like when you're you're ten and five. In mm-hmm. this pretend scenario, the Ra- what's the Raiders' record going to Week 17? Because you guys host them in, in uh, the final game of the season. Uh, anything, any, whatever win we're at, I give them a win over us. They're always so I this feel could like be fourth division: eleven and four Raiders, ten and yeah. five Chargers. Winner wins the division, loser probably still makes the playoffs. Honestly, ten and six in the AFC probably makes it. Yeah, uh, I say that Raiders win this game. I think mm-hmm. it, at best, I, I think this year my most optimistic projection would be that we get wild card. Yeah, I mean, at 10 and 6, you almost certainly would. So well, you just doubled from 5 wins to 10. Yeah, that would so. be, listen, Anthony Lynn might be coach of the year if you get 10 wins. I mean, there's no question he'll be coach of the year if that happens. Well, yes. well, we didn't play out, unless we want Jack to play out the other 30 yeah. games, 30 team schedules. I don't know. Like there could be. So hold on, Jack. So the over-under the over under for this team is 7.5. So you are locked into the over. That's a guarantee. Yeah. yeah. Oh, big time. Like, very much like, like steel trap locked into the over. Yeah. That's a low number. I mean, number. no, it's not. Keith, they won five games in Brazil. I would have guessed that. Okay, they, you know what? Their coach got fired, and one, we always see like teams with a new coach have a big bump. And even though I'm not super high on Lynn, which would be my hesitation, like they still have an above-average quarterback. Their wide receiver core is absolutely loaded. Uh, you know, offensively skill position, they're like a top ten team in the league, and they have three fantastic players on defense. So I don't understand like yeah. the. You know, they so, I mean, like all of those things were true, and they went five games last year and four games the year before. So, I mean, this first is of all, Allen towards ACL, what, week one last year? Yeah. yeah. And week eight the year before, he had that whatever injury. injury. Yeah, yeah, obviously, if they have as many injuries as last year, they'll probably go six and ten. But if they yeah. have average health, I think they, they're no worse than eight and eight. So, that's an over for me also. Yeah, so this is my ultimate. Oh, good question. Well. Um, you know, honestly, well, we'll get we'll get to that in a second when I when I give you my my prediction for this division. But I think that this this team well, has so many like injuries. AFC West rankings now. What does that mean? Uh, well, here's the thing. I think like I think teasing your own prediction. No, I'm te- <laughs> uh, don't worry about me. Um, I just think. Yeah. yeah, stay tuned. I think that if Philip Rivers stays healthy, this is a good team. But they already have so many injuries all over the place, and Philip Rivers has never missed a game, so it's not like I'm trying to like jinx it. But played on an ACL, played on a torn ACL in an yeah. championship game. Never, never forget it. I will. Listen, I'm the one every single year. I pick the Chargers to go ten and six, and and they haven't gone ten and six since somebody pointed it out. They they haven't won more than nine games since 2009. 2000, 2011, 2010, sir. And we had the best offense and the best defense in the NFL, yeah. and still well, well, they, they went eight and eight that year. Yeah. <laughs> That year, and we had the worst special team, and we had the absolute worst special teams in all football, like by a country mile. It was so embarrassing. Yeah, I'm looking. It's sort of crazy. Over the last we eight just, years, the best record that the team had is nine and seven. Because, yeah. And by the way, right, you yeah, should. The, the team that missed the playoffs, Jack, was nine and seven. The, the team that was number one in offense and in defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, never been yeah. again. Um, but uh, yeah, we we literally were just talking about them a couple weeks ago because like how bad of a metric yard is compared to like. Points. Well, no, we were talking. This is when we did our hundred greatest right. quarterbacks of all time because oh. Keeve massively underrates. Wait, wait, how about this, yeah. Jack? We we did a uh, like a long series of hundred greatest quarterbacks of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like you to guess where Philip Rivers is, or is he on the list at all? And the Obviously. greatest quarterbacks of all time, hundred greatest quarterbacks. Okay. What number so do you think Rivers landed? This depends on what you weigh on different things. So if you're going purely from a like a statistic standpoint, he's probably within like the top 25 i would guess just mm-hmm. purely on statistics if you're yeah. weighing like championships a humongous right. amount obviously he's going to be like probably bit, right? in like the top like f- i don't know 40 30 
Okay, so <laughs> wait, so Zimmer's between 25 and... All right, I have him number 26 all time. I have him as a borderline Hall of Famer. Uh, Keeve didn't even have him in the top 50. Okay, well, that's I, the truth. I, penali I penalized the active players a little bit. Like, I yeah, I said, like, okay. come back to me. One no, no, you three. didn't. You had tons of... That's not true at all. You had Aaron Rodgers in the... Tom Brady, you're correct, because I don't think no, there's you much you could do to... You had Aaron Rodgers in the top ten. Philip Rivers okay, played Rod as long let's as him. Let's not compare Rodgers and Rivers. Yeah, I, but what Jack said was almost perfect, right? Like, you, hold on, you had Matt Ryan. You had Matt Ryan in the top forty. All right, Matt Ryan has had a better career than Philip Rivers. That's an insane. That's, that's that's an insane thing. Last year was Matt Ryan's first great year, as we discussed, and I don't need to relitigate this from the greatest quarterbacks ranking. But Philip Rivers was a number one quarterback in the league in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. It was him and and um, and Peyton Manning. Mm -hmm. He was much well, better I like, than Tom Brady. I like Rivers. Then. I'm definitely not anti Rivers. Uh, you are anti Rivers. We argued about this already. Wait, so let me ask you an insane question. That was one of the biggest disagreements we had. So the Giants, they make the Rivers and Manning trade, right? And mm -hmm. the Giants win two Super Bowls with Manning. But objectively, I think all three of us will agree, Philip Rivers is a better quarterback than Eli Manning. Well, you're just kissing yeah. up to our Chargers fan because when we ranked the quarterbacks, you said the opposite. Well, and, and I, I went nuts for two Super Bowls, but statistically, there is no comparison between Eli and Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers is demonstrably better. There's no comparison. Yes, he's demonstrably better in every way, not just so now, now, And it's not like he's, I mean, yeah, he did have uh, Tomlinson at the very beginning of his career, right? But, like, the, it's not like he's been surrounded yeah, by... Tomlinson for most of his career. We he had, had Antonio Gates. Most of his career. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he had Tomlinson as, like, the first, first year as a starter was Tomlinson's MVP year. Yeah. When, when Tomlinson I mean, had, like, 30 years, years Chester, something Tomlinson's been on the team. It's, I think, seven yeah. years. Um, well, so, but it's, yeah, but it's been seven years since Rivers was an elite quarterback. That's what I'm saying. They make, People forget how good Rivers was in you know, 2007, 8, 9, 10. Well, you forgot. You had him in the 50s. Well, listen, I, I, I agree that Rivers will probably end up in, in the ballpark where, where Jack said statistically 25. At least 25. grow your balls and stand to your hatred of Philip Rivers when the Chargers <laughs> guessed this. If he, listen, if, no, here's the thing. If he, if he never makes a Super Bowl and like his ultimately, what did we say his playoff career record is? Like four and six or something bad like that? Okay, Dan um, Fouts never made a Super Bowl, and you had him in your top 25. Yeah, but I knocked Dan Fouts out of the top 100. Sonny Jurgensen never even made the playoffs. After Dan Fouts made the, uh, the, the Sports Illustrated pick of the punter, yeah. I knocked Dan Fouts out. Okay, wait, wait. So where did you put Dan Marino in your ranking? Uh, I think Marino oh, was yeah, seven for me. He was what? Seven? <laughs> Overall? We, had, we both had, Jack, we both had Brady Manning one and two. And yeah. I know you're going to go back and listen to all six hours of the podcast. Well, I, I had Manning Brady one and two, but yeah. We had, yeah, I had Brady Manning, he had Manning Brady, and then we had Montana United's 3-4, and then there was basically... Otto Graham. Like, I had Otto Graham 4. Otto Graham yeah. uh, is, is up there at 5, and then there's a cluster of Elway, Marino, uh, Favre... I have Marino with 10. Yeah. Elway, it's basically Elway, Marino, Favre, and Steve Young. Keith has Marino at 6. Keith had Marino and Rodgers. I think that's the definitive top 10. The those, objectiveness... Those the objectiveness is yeah. this as soon as you put Marino at seven and keep Rivers in like the... No, he had Marino at six. It's even worse. Oh, my well, God. Because he's a Jets fan. He was afraid of Marino well, growing up. I mean, let's not put Rivers and Marino in the same sentence. I think they're pretty comparable. That's I mean, insane. I think... You forget how good Philip Rivers was 10 years ago. Oh, he was great. Because he's he been great. mediocre. Philip Rivers over the last five years has basically been sort of a Matt Stafford-esque sort of, you know, slightly above average quarterback. Eli-esque almost, you might even say. But you forget how good he was when, you know... When he had a competent offensive line. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, that was part of it. Well, let's end with this, Jack. So I, I think you'd agree, like, this is one of these weird teams that's obviously good enough that they could make the playoffs. But I think you'll agree has no chance to win the Super Bowl this year, right? 
Uh, I would say no with the current talent. My biggest, I, I would think that my biggest thing going into this, thinking that they have a chance to even get twin wins, is uh, their coordinators are both amazing. Ken Wisenhunt was in a, uh, the year, the same year that um, the Rivers had his best statistical year, had his highest accuracy rating of his entire career. Wisenhunt is an offensive genius. Uh, Gus Bradley, uh, you can really say what you want about the Jaguars, but they were never, like, defense was never their main problem. Um, so I think he, he's really good as well. They have the pieces really together. And like you were saying, they're offensively, they're extremely deep at the skill position levels. Yeah. So, and their offensive line. Which will help when they all get hurt. But, yeah, yeah, exactly. But so, exactly. So once they get hurt, they're back to, instead of being down to like a, like a middle school level team, now they're at like average NFL level talent when the, after mm-hmm. everyone gets injured. So I think that, uh, that's my biggest two things is that their coaching staff are like top to bottom. No more Pagano. Thank fucking God. No more Frank Reich. No, no more of any of them. They're all gone. And now we have like our good coordinators back in Lynn. So far people like him and just offensive depth and uh, defensive depth. I, that is my biggest things. And our division being much weaker than last year all right jack so before we go um you are a hot take expert so uh, keeve invented something called the hot takeoff oh let's do uh, it. he already he just dropped one when he said uh philip rivers is uh, not a top 50 all-time quarterback but well, well that's a freebie for keeve so keeve and i are each going to give you um our hot takes on the 2017 nfl season okay. and you're going to award a winner all right keeve you want to go first or second uh, you go first since you just came up with this and by the way i will say the starters the you know the nba show the starters uh, I, I don't want to say they stole it because they credited. They didn't say our names, but they did. We we, we did this, and then uh, Rob as a po- Rob as a podcast did this, and then I did it on Rob as a podcast, and then uh, the starters. Well, took it from Rob. Rob came on our podcast to be the judge when we yeah. did it. Yeah. Then and you then, went so on his the podcast. The did, uh, did yeah. credit Rob, but uh, but yeah. So Not, uh, it's, yes. it's no but sweet the original event. All thing. right. But is okay. First My thing. first hot take for the 2017 season is the uh, New York Jets are going to beat the New England Patriots once this year. You're saying week 17 on purpose when Belichick lies that down. That certainly could be okay. how it happens. <laughs> I'm saying the worst team in the league will beat the best team in the league this year. Okay. That is a really hot take. That All right, Keith, what's yours? Uh, the Baltimore Ravens are going to have a bottom five pick or a top five pick in the draft. Actually, I kind of agree with almost both of those. I never count the Jets out for beating the Patriots at least once. For some, like, there's always some weird, like, Jets black magic yeah, with that. Yeah, we beat them in overtime last year. Like, they, Hold they on, do so if you agree with both of us, that means you don't think either one of those takes is very yeah, hot. So they're yeah, they're not great takes, is what you're see, saying. They're not hot. Is, they're, just, they're just correct. Yeah, see, that's, right. that's part of me being so surrounded by hot takes in my entire existence. Right. It's like, sometimes <laughs> yeah. I get to, I become... We really when have you to live on Twitter, I feel like I look the yeah. Baltimore Ravens is not, yeah. not going to like blow your... Uh, I like well, my mind. takes aren't going to be like Aaron Rodgers sucks and should be cut. Like, <laughs> Well, maybe we should go for like just wrong takes. So that's not a all right, Keeve, all right, what's, what's your second hot take on the 2017 season? Um, why? why well, there was the snake draft that takes you go again. I have to lead off again. Yeah, all right, well, fine. I'll listen, lead off I don't. Again. Know, you you probably prepared for this all day while you were sleeping on the bus. I don't. Really all right. Okay. My my second hot take is uh, every single team in the NFC East and special for the Chargers fan, every single team in the AFC West will have the same record this year. All what? four teams in that division are going to have the same record. Is it eight and eight, nine and seven, seven and nine? Well, pr- most likely one of those. That's yeah. A very stupid take, Jack. I that, hope you give that's this. my take. I will definitely say it's a hot take. Jack, we rate the uh, we rate takes from zero to seven uh, spicy peppers or whatever it was. Um, that's I think that's like a one and a half. But you're the judge. you're not the judge, Keith. What's your <laughs> fucking take? Um, okay, all uh, my take. This isn't so much 2017, uh, but you're a Vikings fan, so I'd like to stick it to you. Teddy Bridgewater. Never takes a snap in the NFL again. Ooh, yeah, I like that one. Take. I think that's true. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. What do you think about Teddy or Sammy Sleeves? 
<laughs> he like Chester's very pro Brad Bradford. Chester will send you like a hundred. Chester's like an Excel an Excel spreadsheet guy. He's got like oh, you're an analytics guy. He's an analyst. Guy. No, first of all, I don't love Bradford. I just you think, think that you he's, think Bradford is an above average quarterback. No, I think Bradford and Eli Manning are basically the same. Uh, but you're, you're Eli Manning. Manning. <laughs> okay, now you that's Eli Manning is a better person than quarterback. <laughs> that is also probably not true. Consi- unless you're saying that he's a shithead for selling merch and that he's also a bad quarterback and that yeah, I do, I like I like when when announcers this is a big Jim Nance thing. Jim Nance would be like you know, Peyton Manning is a great quarterback, but he's an even better person. Wait, he's like the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah. So is he like yeah. Mother Teresa, like cubed as as a human? What does that even mean? You know what I mean? Like, like you're like any NFL player. You're like one of the thousand best in the world. Like, is he? He's literally a saint. You know, he's my, a better person than player. Like, really, he should get paid ten million dollars a year to be a person. There. My all my right. hottest one of my hottest takes, I think, <laughs> is that Eric Weddle essentially owns Peyton Manning's brain. I don't know if you've ever seen their stats oh, yeah. face, but like he's intercepted him something like I think like ten times over his career, and a lot of it in bat down passes. There was one gif of him batting down a pass versus Denver, which is like I think Weddle got maybe ten feet in the air, and like he has owned Peyton his entire career. And that's my hot take is that he can't beat Eric Weddle, except okay. Oh, that's by the way, the reason I brought up that take and, and I referenced it uh, earlier is because my prediction for the NFC West is that all four teams go nine and seven. The AFC West, excuse me. AFC West, okay. Yeah. So did you figure um, out the tiebreakers in your pretend tie, four-way tie, Chester? <laughs> yes, I did actually. <laughs> like, did you go to like the fourth tiebreaker, like total points four in games? Yeah, I do. I do have the Raiders winning the division at nine and seven. <laughs> I can't believe you actually did the tiebreaker. Um, all right. But by Jack, the way, the I, Raiders are totally going to regress. They had a, a thirty-one Let's, point Chester, differential. Really, this is a good idea that you should have fleshed out more by like emailing me earlier in the day. And I would have had like fifty of these ready to go. But maybe we could yeah. do these with. We could ask our guests uh, for the final few teams to uh, to come up with their own. Um, how about this? Sean Payton gets fired before the end of the season. The Saints go like five and eleven, and it's it for the mid-season. Mid-season firing for Sean Payton. Well, not mid-season. Probably like you know, like on the plane, like you know, after week sixteen or something when they lose to Atlanta. Let's just say. Yeah, I don't see that uh, being like completely out of the out of hand or anything like that. I feel like Peyton's kind of been on the hot seat for a pretty long time. Too many time. years of, yeah. of, of like the thirty second best defense in the, in, in the he's, NFL. Like exactly, he's had like that consistent almost like Tom Coughlin syndrome, Coughlin syndrome, where it's like he should he's getting fired this year. This is it. He's gone. He's mm-hmm. gone. He's gone. And then like he's still there next year, and they fire somebody else instead, like Rob Ryan. Yeah, they lose that Super Bowl. He was gone four or five years ago. So. Yeah, exactly. That's, I feel like he's far enough like removed where it's like they can be like, okay, yeah. like, like where, Shanahan, where now? Shanahan won two and they just needed like 10 more years. And they're like, oh, yeah, he sucks now. We can get rid of him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what else do you right, guys Chester, got? do you have one more? No, my wife is yelling at me. We have to be at some event at 8 o'clock. I'm like, you don't have to show up on time. She's like, yes, you do. Oh, I no, lie. If we, have th- if we have events, uh, I like if we have a wedding or something, I take the like the invitation off the fridge or whatever and I tell my wife the wrong time. <laughs> because she she will always be an hour late. Um, all right, right, I think right. we're good here. Uh, she doesn't listen, so we could leave that in. I don't think uh, we're in danger of, of anyone finding that out. Jack, uh, you did such an awesome job. Thanks so much. It was uh, it was great to finally meet you in person. It's weird because I think people are always like super mean on Twitter, so it's like almost intimidating. Like, oh, this guy's gonna come on. He's gonna like murder us. But like, usually when you meet people off Twitter in real life, they're they're yeah, man, like I, generally nice. Like they're nicer. Not that you're mean on Twitter, but like you know. No, Ken, I think what he's saying, Ken Jack, is that you are a good uh, tweeter, but you're a better person. I'm a better person. <laughs> one of the one of the top ten t- tweeters, but truly a top five person in the United States. Yeah, that I can get pretty. Nice. I can get pretty mean to people on Twitter, but I'm a total pussy offline. No one call me yeah, out on it ever. Biggest bluff. Do you uh, meet people off Twitter ever? Yeah, definitely. I meet people off Twitter all the time. Actually, I think we're probably going to end up doing. Um, uh, this here's my shameless plug. Myself. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, at Barcelona Kenjack, and then also at Trill Ballins and at Jeff D. Lowe. We're starting to do some podcast stuff. We're playing around with doing movie reviews, and most recently, we'll, I'll give you guys an exclusive teaser of our most recent podcast. Um, we did a recasting of the Avengers, but with characters from the Adam Sandler universe, like the Happy Madison universe. Yeah. So every single person gets their own individual uh, Happy Madison. Oh, that's character. your banner on on your Twitter page. Yeah. So we did a full recasting, uh, okay. and yeah. I swear to God, there's parts of it. I'm not. I'm. Uh, uh, you know me. I'm like. Can you, spoil one, can you spoil one of the movies or one one of the uh, casting? Uh, I think um, you don't have to. <laughs> I'm trying to think of my favorite pick that I had, and yeah. I think my favorite for myself would be I had what's his name, Mr. Deeds was my Iron Man with Emilio as Jarvis, and then we have our own over we have like plot arcs and everything where it's like we tied into the Happy Madison universe because all they do is like shamelessly product promote and everything, but it's very yeah. fucking funny because but. I'm not not shouting at myself, but Trill Ballins and Jeff are both hysterical. Uh, great yeah, Trill Ballins is one of the funniest funniest dudes around. Uh, maybe yeah. he's nice. He's also like an assassin or whatever. Maybe he's like super nice and uh, person too. My sister is 16 and she's on, like really big on Broadway. Right, Keith, Keith, I don't mean to cut you off. I, I've been telling you okay, for 10 minutes. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I have to go. Okay. I have to go. It's <laughs> my great 16 year old sister story. I'll save it for next time. All right, Jack. <laughs> it was so awesome having you on. Hopefully, we'll have you on uh, for the Chargers and the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, I'm leaving that in. By the way, I'm leaving it me yelling at you. <laughs> okay, that's fine. All right, thanks so much, Jack. Have a good one. Thanks so much, Jack, guys. Uh, Barstool Ken Jack on Twitter, and uh, good luck to the Chargers this year. Thank you. Thanks so much, guys. We'll need it. Bye.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at chumbacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.